so fucking weird that they were uh, not letting you into the meeting because there was a problem with a, the lettuce sandwich uh, cert. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have that. I and mean, it's, it's, for some reason, it's still going on. I don't know. I think this is probably just something on Zoom side, but. Yeah, I would imagine you know. so. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't give a shit. Yeah, we're uh, gonna be we're gonna be eating the lettuce sandwiches regardless of whether or not we're certified. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have a lettuce sandwich certificate, that actually speaking of lettuce sandwiches, there's this excellent diner in uh, in uh, Biddeford, Maine, which also just the name Biddeford is very hilarious because it's just is what you call all the the Fords on Biddle Street. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and. Yeah. Uh, they have this like tuna fish sandwich. It's like two, like, it's like, you know, grilled uh, sourdough bread. It's like really nice. And then it's got like a pretty nice tuna fish. But like the star of the show is just this slab of fucking lettuce. Is it in iceberg? The it's iceberg. Oh, yeah. Fucking delicious, man. And it's so good. Uh, it's iceberg. called a raft of iceberg. Uh, that's what they say on the menu. Listen. A giant slab of iceberg lettuce is the most underrated fucking thing in the sandwiches world. This is why Wendy's is the best fast food burger hamburger restaurant uh, is because there's there's lettuce. There's a slab oh, yeah. of fucking iceberg on everything. That's the best. Like, how, how do you not want that? Fuck everything else. Fuck, fuck Shreddus. Shreddus has has certain contexts in which it's the, the ideal thing, but not always. Yeah. Um, big big thumbs down for shredders. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah um, give me give me a, a fucking raft of iceberg and all. Shredders makes sense in a long sandwich, but if it's oh, a sandwich, sure, that, sure. If it's a sandwich that's round, like a hamburger sandwich, you got to have a. It, it, iceberg leaves are round for a reason. They were made to be put on hamburgers, right? Like that's mm -hmm. just that's the whole thing. Um, how are you, man? Doing pretty good. I just, I just heard an interesting story about, uh, you know, the the San Francisco 49ers in in, in year 2000. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Walsh uh, had to get rid of one of his long long time wide receivers, and of course, everybody called Bill Walsh the shrimp. So when, when he fired uh, Jerry Rice, they said, "You telling me a shrimp fired this rice?" And uh, I don't know. Uh, thing I'm gonna say all day. It's the best thing you're gonna say all year, probably. It's crazy <laughs> that you're that you're out that you're putting putting your flag in the sand that early, but I respect it. Um making the best thing you're gonna make all year in the first month is the biggest flex you can do. So you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Uh shrimp shrimp fired this and now I'm thinking about the golden age of the of the Oakland Raiders, where Jerry oh, Rice yeah. was also featured, and uh, the 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 era after which watching football has always been disappointing to me. It's like the 0-2, Raiders were like just the greatest team ever, and nobody can tell me otherwise. Right, uh, uh, the only reason that joke happened, by the way, is because this book has been sitting on my desk for like two months without uh, yeah. me cracking it open, and I was like, I was like, I wonder, I wonder when. Bill Walsh had to have a tough conversation with Jerry Rice. About I can't believe that. Raiders. That's such a fucking funny. I, I feel like I like your jokes because of all your jokes are built on incredibly funny facts. 
Like, like the fact that Bill Walsh is called the she was called the shrimp. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just fucking making it up. <laughs> but I love the idea. Oh, of that's Walsh even better. The shrimp. There's layers and layers to it, Hal. Holy shit, that's so fucking funny. Like the fact that. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. That Bill Walsh being called the shrimp is every bit as good as like you making the assertion that Kirk Hammett's guitar work is mysterious. <laughs> uh, which I mean, it's it's perfect because um, you are you are in fact James Hetfield joining us today. We're just uh, the the metal and rock gods. Are, are dropping like flies one by one on this podcast. I don't know why this podcast has a fucking penchant for, um, for attracting metal gods, but here we are. It, uh, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome everybody. It's Master Shake Theater, uh, the Aqua Teen podcast. I did that. I did that opening read like it was the first time I've ever done it. That's okay. Uh, we are getting a slow and leisurely start to 2023 here um, because we we want to give you we want to give you what we can give you when we can give it to you. <laughs> Simply that. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so that's right. That is a phrase that I'm going to start saying because nobody's simply that. Yeah, simple as is like is British, but simply that is something completely new. So, um, I I uh, like that as like the American version of simply as because like Americans throw so many unnecessary that's into so many damn sentences. That oh, that's true. The the slow thatification of of (laughs) of bloat sentences. Yeah, today we're talking about uh, season three, episode six, Robo Sitter. Uh, this episode aired September fifth, two thousand four. Uh, in this episode, Frylock creates a robotic babysitter to look after Meatwad after he raided the medicine cabinet and ate some pills. Pretty straightforward. Um, immediately. A real good, real good copy there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, what did we think? What did we think about this one? Yeah, I, 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 I kind of love this one. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty damn solid. Um, I, yeah, there's, there's a lot to love. There's lots of good dialogue, lots of, uh, like weird ass animation when uh meatwad is is tripping um i think it's like very like cool that uh you know it's it's a fun gimmick that when meatwad is tripping he's just turns into like a sunflower shape which like trying to think of like 
I feel like there's something in nature when you give it like if you give like a plant LSD, it like goes like in weird shapes or something. Um, and yeah, it's 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 fucking cool. It was a solid solid episode. Yeah, from the, from an animation standpoint, I think it's like Meatwad's be Meatwad's ability to shape shift. I think is completely um, under leveraged in the show. I think that's the one thing where that they probably just for economy of animation they don't do it as much but i feel like it's a thing that they could do more i also love the idea that yeah like you were like you were hinting at uh the concept that when (laughs) that tripping on a on a psychedelic somehow affects your physical form like (laughs) i think it would be hilarious if people were tripping on acid if they actually shape-shifted like objectively (laughs) and not just in their own heads like (laughs) yeah like, yeah, well, I, I, I just took this fucking, I just, I just took a fucking, uh, big old, big old Skittles of, 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 of acid. Now I'm going to, I'm going to shapeshift into this clock for the next 12 hours. I'm going to just sit on the wall and tick. Um, I think that's a, sh- a shitty part about being stuck in a human body or whatever is like the, uh, unmalleability of it all. Um, yeah, dude kind of sucks it would be cool to be a clock yeah well i mean that's why astral projection is cool because you can Mm -hmm. just fucking you can just play calvin ball with your flesh form (laughs) you can just be project an imaginary version of yourself into an astral space and do whatever the fuck you want uh yeah um but no the fucking luke and i had a sidebar conversation that i'm gonna tack on after this just because we had time to get together last week uh and uh (laughs) the thing that we were talking about is how fucking funny the uh prank call premise in the cold open is in general but especially in this episode <laughs> like yeah yeah like that oglethorpe is so bad at uh at prank calls is is great um you get it michael hunt <laughs> like that might be one of the better anti-jokes I've ever heard in my life. And we all, anybody, anybody who knows me knows that I've, I've got a, I got a soft spot, a real soft spot for anti-jokes. And that's just, that one was particularly primo. Yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel, I feel like sad about the, like what happened to, to prank or crank calls. Um, also is, is prank and crank like regionally split. I do not know if it's regional or or what. Um, or, uh, or just NPCs put up there. Temporally uh, or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Crank, I don't know where the term crank calls came from. I was completely unfamiliar with it until the show Crank Yankers came out. Um, I still prefer prank calls because what the fuck is a crank call? Like I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not cranking anything besides my hog when I'm when I'm <laughs> Oh, maybe that's why they're called crank calls because jacking off while you're doing them. (laughs) Uh, God, Um, no, I, I, I think that being being really stilted about prank calls while you're doing them is great. Like they are so mad that someone keeps calling them and asking for wrong information. (laughs) (laughs) um, Well, that's a rude message. (laughs) Also, pranking, (laughs) prank calling somebody and telling them to fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. 
Like I can't think of a funnier premise for a prank call than just calling somebody and just saying fuck off and immediately hanging up. Um, uh. Them talking about Steakums really uh, brought me back to a couple years ago when when Steakums Twitter was very ascendant, right? And like, right. I think Steakums in a way were kind of pioneers of the whole brands acting human on the internet thing. Um, yes. I think that they're definitely still the reigning champions of it. I haven't gone over to Stakeham's Twitter in a while, but I would imagine Same. they're still up to their old antics. I just feel like we need, I feel like that maybe was the last time that the internet was innocent and fun. Like, I think that Stakeham's Twitter might've been the last gasp of the internet, not being like uh, a miserable fucking reply guy hellscape. And I, not to like be hagiographic about recent history or anything, but I just, I, uh, I do, I did get it. When they started talking about Steakums, I got a weird twinge of nostalgia for that period of time. Yeah, the Steakum Twitter thing is interesting because uh, I think it was like capturing a very uh, specific like post-2016 vibe um, of just like complete resignation and um, and like, I don't know, I guess like... Uh, existential despair or whatever um right and it was cool that it was happening through like the mouthpiece of capitalism and yeah. like I, I guess maybe not cool ultimately because it like whatever it's all just bullshit but i think um, it did seem cool though i think that your your impulse there was right it seemed cool that there was a company that you know we we had already grown tired of brands being self-serious on the internet and here comes this company here comes this brand around the corner being you know, cheeky, right? And I, I do right. think there, there's a level of, of innocence to that that's impossible to overstate. And especially like, I mean, that was that was at a time when like we needed we needed some levity. Um, like not only from the political macro and the economic macro, um, but also like satirical satirical internet had really jumped the shark at that point. And I feel like everybody had gotten tired of how fucking uh of how goddamn like rockabilly vibes fucking nihilist arby's is right like because mm-hmm. like nihilist arby's has just the biggest like i it's hard to it's hard for me to like disentangle it from like sad punisher aging punk rockabilly energy and like it was just like there's not any fucking levity in that also like just there's a there's a broader thing of like being um that heavy-handed about uh any form of nihilism is just like cringe um and so i think that there was like stakem's twitter was probably like a nice sort of first step in removal from that but then obviously like what we all know happened happened right which is that all brands glommed onto the Stakeums thing and all started to act cheeky and human on the internet to to varying degrees of success. I do think that it it has had its moments, but the entire thing, I think within a matter of a year or two jumped the shark pretty completely where it, right. Where it was just like, everybody gets it. Everybody sees through this shit. It's just brands trying to fucking humanize themselves for extra clout on the internet. You don't need clout when you're a brand because you already have fucking market share. Um, The internet is built for, the internet is built as ultimately there's always an organic dialectical recentering um, back to fucking random ass regular people being funny, right? Like that they right. 
the ideal internet funny man is always going to be drill. And it's always going to be somebody like drill, right? Somebody who's relatively anonymous has a shroud of mystery around them and is just good at posting. It's not fucking right. Shroud of Turin around them. Um, yeah. Big old shroud of Turin, you know, like uh, Turin these, Turn these tweets out left and right, man. I'm just yeah, shrouded on my turn till I, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I gotta say, my... uh, like uh, state comes Twitter. You mean like the like a tantric sex community? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. I got a state case of the state comes, dude. <laughs> has been been getting edged all day dude you best believe gotta get gotta get sting on this pod soon uh talk about holding it in is sting Uh, an edging enthusiast fuck fuck yeah dude oh man why did i miss that crucial piece of lore that that's cool man um it's i guess i guess i gotta learn about more about sting it's a lie because i will not (laughs) but uh i'm probably confusing sting with somebody because my brain fucking sucks but you know um, i i mentally always get sting and billy idol mixed up um simply because sting played billy idol on saturday night live one time uh which is good that's Um, awesome but but they are both like blonde gangly rocker guys so it's not that far off um the I, I love the the welfare premise that's something that like doesn't age well but i do think it's important to like for us right now to like be wrestling with things that involve welfare because we are in such desperate need for a slacker culture revival right like and like the in this case these these guys are using welfare for slacker culture uh and so i think it's just a funny funny uh funny little uh aged thing right occasionally things happen on the show that that aren't particularly timely and this is one of them i mean i like, do what? yeah uh i mean more on that in a second but but i'll uh, i was just gonna say i thought it was um interesting like uh that like once per season they mentioned that they were supposed to be a detective agency or whatever That's, i was just gonna say <laughs> this is the episode yeah this it's almost like a fourth wall break in a way um about like yeah keep in mind the entire fucking premise one of the things that makes this show so fundamentally great the entire fucking premise of the show is that these guys are supposed to be detectives and, right. and the entire fucking show is them not doing that like that, right. that alone is a brilliant enough premise for a show to be the greatest show of all time it's like pretty clear um how like the, the foundations for this being the goaded show are extremely clear and i love it um no i had that down too because i think that's it is and you're right yeah it, it happens once per season yeah because um, i remember us talking about it in like the second season when they like bring it up again and then there's like the first season they're like wait aren't we supposed to be a detective agency in like <laughs> third episode or something where they just Im- immediately abandon that premise that they probably you know got some exec to sign on to um and i love it i i couldn't agree more um (laughs) this has some really this we uh going to the main premise in a second here but i do not want to gloss over this episode has some really good shake lines in it um particularly uh 
knowing the value of a hard day's night, which I don't know if that's actually funny, but I it hit me for whatever reason. <laughs> no, I, 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 I laughed very hard at that, especially um, the, the delivery was perfect. Because yeah. he's like, knowing the value of a hard day, and he's like holding the t-shirt cannon in his hands. And, you know. I just think that the way that, I think that half the time what Shake says isn't even terribly funny. It's the way that he delivers it that is, yeah. that is great. Um, I think he's really the master of, of delivery. Um. The, the your congressman will know how bullcrap that is um and <laughs> again great delivery because he yeah. like hesitates on bullcrap yes um and then probably my favorite shake line in the episode which is this is the third world and i'm from the first <laughs> just yeah i like, like trying to understand what the character shake means by that just because like uh does he just mean that he has main character syndrome real bad or like is uh yeah i i don't know man because they there's like that's some serious fucking commentary um whatever whatever shake means by that that's real as hell he was real as hell for that one he's um, real as hell for that one for side note um sidebar i am uh i i don't know what's wrong with me it's probably a thing that's right with me my we've talked about how i'm a super taster now because covid getting covid two years ago made me a super taster etc etc but i feel like my palate is getting louder and more vivid month over month this week i discovered a jalapeno note in cherry coke oh damn and it's good it's good to have because it's like oh that's my two favorite flavors fucking uh chimeraing into one thing um really really fucking fun there's totally cherry hasawatewa fuck <laughs> oh going deep in the lore well for that one um i think i regularly like you saying that name i think like it triggered a weird thing in my brain i think i regularly just dream about that name yeah yeah <laughs> Not even the guy but just the name uh, what, 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 what we could cut this out, but what is the backstory of that again? It's, oh, it's, 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 it's the structure of that name is leaked out. But nobody listens to this podcast. Uh, no, this mother, this this dude's name, uh, a dude that I um, am still Facebook friends with, super good guy. Um, ended up actually knowing a bunch of my other friends down the line because he's a few years younger than us. Um, but one of the one of the 2010 vols uh, was just this black dude named Jerry Ashford. Um, and for whatever reason in, in van, uh, his fucking name because of, because of some bad data entry, because like, oh, eight Obama was so volunteer driven that they were like the data entry was dog shit. And so some of the, some of the legacy data from that was like just bad. And for whatever reason, somebody had fucking fat fingered his name so bad or misread his name so bad that it was just in van as jerry aswatewa <laughs> so i was like oh this is the black dude so he's probably like first generation you know and he's got like a cool name right um but <laughs> no and the first time the first That's time he, the first time he said his his real name on the phone i was like oh <laughs> I had to like go in the other room for a second. <laughs> I'm glad that I haven't fucking tried to call you Jerry Aswatewa out loud, man, because that would have been fucked up. Oh man, uh, 
that's that's amazing um yeah fucking hell (laughs) yeah that's uh, I, I knew there, it was I'm, something from the campaign, but I couldn't remember the exact provenance of it. So. Yeah, I mean that and Gene Acra are just going to be things that <laughs> <laughs> <up> forever. <laughs> uh, like, there's so much bad data, man. Like, so many bad names, <laughs> but also just so many actual fucking names that were just insane, right? Like, oh, so <laughs> many, so many crazy, crazy names. Fucking, the 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 chief of which. The, the top of the mountain for me is always going to be is always going to be Donald Rumgay Jr. <laughs> uh, it's such a funny name on its own, but then you realize <laughs> it sounds like somebody making fun of Donald Rumsfeld. Donald <laughs> uh, Rumsfeld, right? Donald Rumsgay. Uh, um, but no, that uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, Blytho Dorsey is the other one that <laughs> sticks. Out. Yeah, like for straight up, dude, that's crazy as hell. Like, how the hell do you have a name like that? People just what you and me and Spur talk about in that chat all the time. Like, how the fuck do people just go through life with these names? I don't like, know. That's so it's... fucking insane to me. Like, I don't really know anybody with super crazy fucking names. Probably the craziest real name that I interact with on a regular basis is animation like, that's a crazy right. um cool man really cool name um but it's just like fuck man <laughs> names are wild people will just out be I'd be out here having some fucking names and i think it's beautiful when you're exposed to a lot of them at at once it's good um one before we get back to it off this wonderful names autism digression uh, i I just want to say a, a more recent name that I got from my private sector days uh, that is that is sort of stuck in my head uh, all the time. <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time even getting this one out, but Gary Burpo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking A. It's just so insane, man. Uh, fuck. we're just we just giggle looped ourselves thinking about names. It's fucking. <laughs> it's a, it's a beautiful life. I wouldn't want to know it any other way. Hundred um, percent. Uh, but this is extremely. I think this is this is one of the more overall one of the more of a time episodes because um of how prominently the mall features in it, right? Right. Um, like I think that it's extremely fucking funny that uh. For one thing, I'm reading two books about malls right now. <laughs> I'm oh, reading nice. a nonfiction book about a mall, and then I'm also reading Vineland. <laughs> so both mall books. Um, no, but fucking, I, I like. It's very 2004 premise, right? Like that, and I think that we don't. We're at a at a stage of society where like we might need malls again, and it sucks that they're like this very specific. Like it sucks that the only mall is a gentrified mall. Like it sucks that the only that the only malls exist are that exist are these you know big fucking grandiose kind of open air malls in like really 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 rich areas. And yeah. Like because like the mall malls were invented by a socialist for one thing. I think that that's pretty cool. Um, 
and it was supposed to be like this, you know, third space, right? Like malls were very much like socially engineered as a third space. And I feel like the, I do actually, I'm starting to see like the death of malls. Uh, obviously they're just like a primary organic economic thing as the move to, you know, e-commerce and boutique shopping you know, happened. But I do think that they, like, it sort of is a bedfellow for the overall civic decay. Like malls were very much put in place as you know, a stopgap for the civic sclerosis that was happening in the back half of the 20th century. Uh, right. like, and, and I think that their, uh, their uh, fall from grace has probably only worsened that dynamic in the macro. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could write bowling alone as shopping alone online yeah. now, because it's like exactly the same fucking thing. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're, uh, you're like me it's not a coincidence that people are just getting rid of community spaces left and right you know um no, definitely not it's not a fucking coincidence at all because i mean shit dude like it, the, the the more alienated people are the easier it is to prey on them with whatever fucking ideology you want to fucking shove at them right like that's that's the whole fucking thing <laughs> yeah yep as somebody who still actively participates in meat space community on a really regular basis i feel incredibly lucky uh, and I realized that I'm in like the 1% of people who are able to do that now. And it's fucking trash. Um, even the meat like space community, the name of the restaurant, the uh, fry yeah. and. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. That meat space community is actually going to be the name of our restaurant. It's a pop-up restaurant. Um, we're going to, we're going to provide three things. We're going to provide meat space and community. Um, Fuck yeah. Really simple table sides, <laughs> spit roasted meat cuts. Uh, onto you can get a you can get a plate a bowl or a wrap um we're essentially we're re, we're reimagining the shawarma oh uh, hell yeah uh but the the thing is that it's table side and table is singular it's not tables side because it's right. one that everyone table around. yeah um and uh it's in in the middle of the table is a uh, the table's in a conversation pit you feel me <laughs> You feel me? It's no more nostalgia posting. No more nostalgia posting about the conversation pit because we're bringing it back. Um, meet meet space community. And you go to a space. You eat some meat. You interact. With community. Yeah, some community opening, <laughs> opening on Woodward Avenue in Detroit uh, this <laughs> spring. Thank you. Oh yeah. Sponsored I'm, I'm by Blue Meat space community by Blue Chew because Blue Chew is good for your meat. Thank you. Oh hell yeah! Um, them them working at the mall, uh, incognito ish has that it has the same vibes as the as the phase in Better Call Saul where he's working at the fucking Cinnabon. Um, I don't know Better Call Saul well enough to know the I, reference. But, I don't know uh, Teresa. Uh, I don't know Teresa. No, uh, till recently. I I I I was hit by the the impulse recently to rewatch Fishing with John soon, so I think I'm gonna do that. Is there any way? Is there is it available anywhere other than DVDs, DVD emails? I um I don't know. I don't. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm gonna actually run out for a second because I need to remember to put it in my to put the dvd in my bag to take to chicago in case it's not on streaming <laughs> brb yeah. brb one sec hell yeah oh 
Let's fucking go. Yeah, just in case it's not on any streamy boys, I wanted to be like, I wanted to be on the on the good foot with it. It's definitely, definitely. It might be. I think it's. uh, I mean, I don't know. I I don't. I mean, uh, everything's on Prime, right? Like that's the thing. Is like fucking everything is on Prime. Yeah. Although occasionally there's weird stuff that's not like I I forget what I was trying to watch the other week, but there was something that just wasn't. It was just nuked from the internet, and it was something pretty pretty big too. Yeah, it was um, the same thing. It was Lost Highway. Um, oh uh, yeah, David Lynch. I cannot fucking find it anywhere. I was like, damn, the I gotta go to the Lost Highway restaurant to get some David Lynch soon, dude. Come on. <laughs> so. um, no, uh, where were we? But no, um, fucking uh, malls. Yeah, malls. Malls are important. Bring back malls. Um, Hell yeah. It, I that's 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 gonna be my my. Um, However close I come to being a reactionary ever about anything, it's just going to be about like malls need to bring back. The internet needs to be downsized and we need to bring malls back. <laughs> yep. Um, I think those are reasonable stances to have. Um, leak Liquefying pork roast seems like one step away from something that some sort of like liver king adjacent MLM influencer <laughs> would do. Um, yeah. And that's so funny because... It, we're, we're actually we're partnering with Huel. <laughs> uh, we're partnering with Huel and Liver, Liver King. Liver King. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're partnering with Huel and Liver King to make uh, the pork shake. Now this is a a full full scale nutritional powder uh, supplement meal replacement uh, for people in the primal diet. Um, right. Because to a certain point, at a certain point, the primal diet breaks down logistically. You think that it's going to be practical and easy to just eat raw meat for every meal, but then at the end, um, you you sometimes need to be on the go. You can't just pull out a slab of raw meat and eat it, right? So exactly. the pork sh- the pork shake is nice because it is pure. Uh, I don't fucking know the terminology. It's pure pork uh yeah 100% pure pork no no uh no no fork in there no bullshit pork no no pork no just pork no fork uh just pork no fork here freeze-dried pork uh buzzed into a a delicious powder that you can put in your uh alpha stone ground actually we have a, a team that just grinds them with a stone yeah with a stone so you can put it into your raw milk and make yeah. a make a pork milkshake <laughs> Uh, pork milk is a really good word for cum now that I think about it. X-rated episode today. I like it. Very X-rated. Uh, but no, you can find that um, Huel.com uh, code uh, liver teen hunger force. No, not libertine, oh. libertine. Uh, for a 20% discount off your first uh, month subscription. Thank you. Libertine um, hunger porks. <laughs> yes. Uh, fucking i'm hungering for this pork right now dude uh no i i think that it's like drinking sausage and meats is probably going to be like just grinding them into a shake and eating drinking them is probably going to be the the next thing for that crowd anyway if it isn't already it really uh really puts new meaning to a thing that we said earlier in the show which is milkshakes ready to eat so <laughs> ready to eat MREs, baby. Yeah, MREs. 
Um, I, uh, I, I did like the, the meat smashing device because um, it reminded me of working at, you know, uh, a grocery store and the, the baler. Yeah. And I fucking, I fucking love, I, I love the baler just as like a, a piece of technology, like yeah. slamming, like hyper compressing cardboard boxes and, and just all, all the fucking danger that is involved with just making cardboard boxes smaller. Um, so crazy. Like I, I, I and all that shit. The, 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 in the world of fucking human technology, technology created by human hands, Mega Machina is like top there, right? Like like fucking yeah. barges and planes, like that, those get me harder than anything. Love that shit. Um, but but the second the second thing is hyper specific, hyper niche use case engineered technology. Yes, the greatest the, fucking thing. The, the 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 fucking cryptids of of technology, like bailers like every single weird fucking device at an airport when you're sitting Dude. like waiting for your plane and just watching the, the weirdest you know like the little fucking flat truck with a conveyor belt on it damn that fucking rocks yeah um, like part shit. of me wishes that i had the brain i had and i have and weren't a gay pussy so that i could like work in heavy manufacturing because i do think that like it would be so fucking like unbelievably just scintillating to interact with the technology like benji is, is works in tool and die and the machines oh, yeah. that the machinery that he fucking describes uh is crazy like he oh, like yeah. works at a place that like makes the dies right so he's like at the top of the food chain <laughs> and awesome. stuff that you have to interact with is crazy like it's awesome so um i you do ever watch like I, videos of uh, how like a smelting plant works i'm fucking believable yeah, I need to watch more How It Works videos in general in 2023. I think that shit is good. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's actually a great, a great show. Um, I try not to. I try not to learn things when I'm watching YouTube, but occasionally learning a thing is fun. I try to yeah. keep YouTube pure fluff. No, I've just been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, manual work in general because I've been reading uh, some Philip Levine, which is some good shit. So, um, they. It's uh, unlike California where they're uh, filling up ravines right now with rainwater. Motherfucker. Um, we've been having some very good podcast about list moments. This, this episode, <laughs> we're just really that one of the things that one of the reasons that show is so good is because it just reminds me of us talking. Um, but yeah, the it's, I think this is, I talked about this with Luke too, but I think it's really, we got a really interesting thing going on where the primary plot, feels like an afterthought and doesn't really hit until the back half of the episode at all like which yeah. is just the, the, the robo the actual robo setter right like we haven't talked about the fucking robo setter at all no. um the word grody really nice throwback to this time that's a word that i feel like disappeared in like 2005 but was pretty ubiquitous in the early aughts oh, uh yeah. and then uh what did i the, the craziest line in the episode if not the best what did I tell you about the hounds of hell, you retarded mutant? Which is what the thing said by the robo sitter, uh, obviously. Um, why was the robo sitter so like? I, I feel like the robo sitter was was there could have been a lot more backstory there. Like yes, but but you're, you're right. Like the the robo sitter action doesn't really start until really the back half of the episode. Um, but yeah. 
I don't like, I don't feel like I don't feel like yeah I don't feel like the robo sitter as a character is terribly well developed which is hard to fucking develop a character in you know inside of 11 minutes uh yeah yeah probably yeah. they probably you know got got out kicked in that one but um I I do love that we we are dealing with a very I think is which is going to be like a top top hot button thing if it isn't already in 2023 which is bimbofication and i love the bimbofication of the robot that mm-hmm. happens that's a very prescient thing like uh bimbofication as a cultural movement didn't exist in 2004 now it's like an active like bimbofication is like an active women's lib thing that that women are doing um where they're just getting hella fucking plastic surgery as a women's lib power move which i think is cool um yeah. or certainly something but the robot being bimbofied is very, very forward-facing in that regard. Uh, also, a, a very, like, 2017, 2018 uh, thing that happens is the, the slut-shaming of the robots. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. is good. Um, we start to realize a thing in, the, in this episode that I've known all along, which is that Frylock is a, is a rise and grind guy. His Frylock... Is rise and grind, and and uh, potentially has some uh, some some uh, undealt with misogyny. Well, I mean, I do think that there is a. I don't think that rise and grind and misogyny are dis are are impossible to disentangle from each other. But I do think that yeah. there is a lot of there is a type of guy who tends to subscribe to both, and it becomes yep. revealed in this episode that Frylock is one of those guys, which I had suspected all along. Um, yeah. Fry being a simp for his shit mall job and then also slut shaming basically in the same breath is a genre of guy. Fry is Reddit. Fry is a fucking Reddit MRA. Yeah, he's yeah, making, very, very he's MRA guy. Yeah. He's making milkshakes ready to eat. <laughs> and he makes one out of the robo sitter and says, You're liquefied, bitch. <laughs> that's that is what he does. And I was like, no, nah, that's uh... That's a move there, Frylock. Ski. Uh, he <laughs> is the thing that I want to talk about because it's important. But I want to talk about how I how I fat fingered it, jotting it down, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's the first instance of the house burning down. But I typed first instance of the house burning down, spelled it burning B I R N I N G. <laughs> Left the T off the first. Just burning. First instance of the house burning down. It's like I wrote it in fucking Ken Adelberg. Uh, first language. Um, uh, I love that. I love uh, that for you. Do we? Uh, do we want to say anything else before we wrap? Uh, I, I think that there's potentially something interesting in the in Robo Robo Sitter building a friend for herself that, and then building a backstory for that friend of like divorced parents. Um, yes. I like. I, I wonder if the Robo Sitter is like, like, like is given some kind of. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess when I, when I like saw that, I was like, "Damn, is this what the metaverse is going to be like? Um, where people just like are are so alone and without community that they have to build like this difficult shit uh, into this world uh, in order to 
make make sense of themselves uh in like an external world and i feel like there's something there yeah i mean it's like i do think that the people are gonna, gonna absolutely get alienated enough where like you just have npc friends that has an ai that writes lore for them right like yeah you oh, just yeah. have these there's going to be a certain element of people having ai driven like like i i think that we can we're, we can easily see ourselves in the next three to five getting to the point where um the algorithm starts harvesting economic preferences from you and digesting them and then building um building npc friends for you that are based around your um that are based around your likes and like half the time when i'm on fucking twitter.com i feel like that's what's happening to me it's just like these people keep showing up who are just like better and better mirrors of me and i'm like what the fuck i feel like i'm in the fucking truman show and i know it's just because twitter is where weird gay people go to fucking congregate now but like it's uh but it's it's, it's, it's you want to get a tinfoil hat paranoid it's a little creepy but i do think that there is like going to be a dystopian but the, the version of it that i'm experiencing is pretty utopian and idyllic but like there is going to be a algorithmic dystopian version of that that's centered around you know a lot of people don't have fucking friends because having friends is difficult <laughs> and i mean uh, I, I think it's already happened on um, yeah. social networks right like like there is like when you stare into the mirror and there's something hor horrific there and like that validates you like i mean that's what that's what jbc's researching right like mm -hmm. you know yeah. yeah it's cool that we got a bestie who does groundbreaking research on all this shit really gives bird's eye view um yeah like i like pe people are like broadly talking about the tiktok algorithm thing now like brandon wardell fucking was talking about it on yeah but still this week it's like yeah it's cool it's all the yeah. research boy is doing <laughs> that yeah. that should uh i mean and i i I'm, I'm i'm full cold cold turkey on all fucking social anything and i'm just like I feel I feel good about it for me. It works very very yeah. well for me to not touch that shit. <laughs> yeah, it it works extremely well for I think for most people. I think most people uh just don't belong on social media. I am in a position where I I think I've got a pretty decent relationship with it too because I only use it to augment my real life. I don't have an, any sort of self-contained like just life that's hermetically sealed off into social media like it's it's never the primary thing and that's nice but as far as tiktok I've, I've, I've developed the buffalo stance recently that i'll i'd rather die penniless uh in a, in the dirt than ever actually get on tiktok yeah TikTok yeah. is the worst shit. of them all for sure shit scares me yeah and i think it will flop soon anyway i think they'll take it out of the app stores this year at some point yeah i think or enough will come out about it that that it'll be taken out of the app stores as well um once it gets like once it gets more and more becomes more and more clear to everybody that it's like literally a form of economic warfare against us um people are gonna turn on it people are gonna flip and the public zeitgeist is gonna be become very anti-tiktok because like i don't care like it's, it's it's gonna be a test of the metal right because like how much do people care about their fucking getting their weird quirked up itches scratched by the internet do they care about that more than not having a fucking vector of psychic warfare uh active in our fucking pockets at all times i don't know that's gonna be a good test of how fucking pilled we are honestly yep i uh yeah i could see it going either way um but you know i i uh i don't know i think at some point you just uh 
you can't you can't uh you know swim against the current for too long so yeah for sure this was great uh we'll do some culture corner next time but uh we yeah oh yeah uh, i didn't prep anything anyway because uh because fuck that yeah because fuck that shit uh have a great rest of your week have a great weekend uh we'll uh i'll be in touch about setting this up again for next week peace welcome to uh bonus little bonus uh bonus sidebar episode of of master shake theater we're here with with luke long today long time devotee uh welcome today um doing a little chat uh as we as we have been about about robo sitter um yeah what's uh what's the lore for you uh behind this episode luke um i don't i don't have much lore behind it i think my it's one of my favorite cameos though in the early aqua teens episodes good old sarah silverman yeah robo sitter it's fucking incredible like i it blindsided me um it I think in a lot of ways is my favorite cameo that's that's happened yet. Just because oh, I yeah. think it's I think it is so unbelievably like it's such a good showcase of exactly what um what Sarah Silverman is is capable of of doing as a voice actor. And like it is so indicative of of the places that she would you know she, she was already going because i mean she really already established herself at this point um, oh, yeah. for, you know uh, various things on comedy central and and what have you and i i mean i just i just think it's, it's the perfect get for this role and one of the things that these Absolutely. writers were really were really really good at is you know figuring out exactly <laughs> who would be a, a great fit not only for a given role before the vibe of a given episode right and right. that's just it's yeah it's, i don't think anybody else other than no one but sarah silverman could have been the robo sitter yeah i i agree um the entire the entire premise uh is is so good and i love how i love particularly how zero to 60 the episode goes like this is straight up a it's a this is a really unique episode from like a from a writing perspective because things start off at a really slow burn um and yeah. it sort of it kind of takes more than half of the episode for the real plot to even kick in in a meaningful way and then but then once it does it's like ah oh, fuck um <laughs> and it's it has to be like really really accelerated because of that and it's just it's just fun um i the thing that we're always talking about here um is <laughs> is how you know how forward looking that this show was and i think that there is something extremely 2023 about like the bimbofication of a robot oh yeah uh, absolutely i i love i love <laughs> that like there is such an there's such a lively conversation right now around bimbofication uh and so seeing seeing that in this in the context of today uh like, like so many times with this show it just hits Oh yeah, when the I it made me think of like all the weird horny AI ads that I get on Facebook. Yes, because because Frylock one hundred percent made a horny robot. Yeah, and it's it's just it's come full circle. We have horny yeah. robots on the internet now. Absolutely, that's that's a a thing that a thing that was 
primitive and fantastical and you know made of coffee cans etc in 2004 is uh made of ai which is the coffee cans of technology <laughs> now, um, when, you, when you really get down to it and think about it absolutely. yeah when you really it says a lot about our society ai really <laughs> is the, the the can on the end of a string of of, of technology um i yeah i i think that <laughs> this is a really I, th I think in a lot of ways this is one of the weirdest episodes yet like sure and um it's just uh, i mean it, it goes i think further out of pocket than most do especially because like the house burns down at the end right <laughs> like that's 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 something that hasn't i don't think that's happened yet at I least not yet because I know, I know it happens more in the future where the house gets destroyed and stuff. But I think this is the first time that the house is completely obliterated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of a lot of fucking important stuff. Sort of moving like backwards through the episode. I the one of the bigger, honestly, one of the bigger belly laugh moments in the whole series for me so far was the the prank calls at the beginning during the space cadets <laughs> cold open like what the fuck yes. that that like i that hits in a in a zone of like anti of anti-joke for me that is just this is just perfect like literally i think the funniest thing imaginable like under any circumstance is somebody making a prank call and getting it wrong absolutely <laughs> You get it, Michael Hunt. <laughs> I, I also me. love when Er calls them back, and it's like obviously Er. Yeah, he, my name's Biff. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Name is Biff. I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, and like, well, that's a rude message. <laughs> um, they are so mad that someone keeps calling them and asking for wrong information <laughs> everything about it killed me um which is a, a second chance to plug something that um i've been plugging in every possible channel it's not really a plug because i'm not involved in it i just think it's a cool thing to cape for which is there's a youtube channel slash artist on all the streaming platforms called longmont potion castle that i found out about recently i don't if you're you're oh, into you never heard of longmont until recently no i fucking didn't and it makes oh, me feel like an asshole bloody. i found out about it i found <laughs> out about it um the john markson when we were making that usher record uh a little while back told yeah. me about it and it's fucking it's fucking awesome i should have figured that you were like totally hip to it because you're like oh yeah weird media weird media king um it's so good i've been fucking obsessed with it it's i like cry strong tears listening to longmont potion castle yeah no it's it's the most incredible shit like what the fuck is there not to like about it there's right it's absolutely like just some like every on the spectrum person's ideal manifestation of like the of the prank call as an art form it's absolutely it's the best. Um, yeah, no, I this this fucking this fucking wreck this this episode rips, and I love I love 
how much they talk about steakums. Yep, I was I was waiting to talk about steakums because yeah. that is the house meal. Yeah, it is, and I mean, God wants it, two of them for breakfast. Yeah, it's it's, uh, and I know that steakums had a really had slash has a really good like Twitter presence, but I want there to like be a full on steakums revival. Like, um, <laughs> I will have an and it'll be talked. Uh, about that on the main episode as well but like it's it's just uh it, it needs it needs to happen there there needs there needs to just be a full-on like steakums renaissance i don't care what it looks like i don't care what form it takes we need to we need to do it um we need to see steakums in the crown we need to we need it we need a we need a fucking trophy full of steakums uh in in 2023 <laughs> to make the uh what i believe is a homestar runner reference um because i do think that we don't it's a thing that doesn't get talked about enough but i feel like homestar runner and aquatine hunger force are sort of two two planets orbiting the same sun in Absolutely. terms of like a, a animated comedy zeitgeist that was happening at this time although by this time it was like i mean mid 04 late 04 like homestar had already jumped the shark like it had already uh started the decline but um in as much as something like that actually has the ability to jump a shark, which I think is just like weirder. I, I think in 04, like weirder, more blown out um, and edgier internet stuff was, was sort of rising to supremacy and oh, yeah. just like weren't really, people weren't really rocking as much with how like wholesome Homestar Runner is. No, that's, that's definitely a big turning point for the internet in general, because that's like when 4chan started to hit with like everybody yeah that's true i always forget when everyone like low-key became a piece of shit on the internet yeah and i mean the the the, it's crazy because the internet wasn't even the same beast it was uh it is now but the how quickly that bubbled up to even people who weren't super terminally online was crazy like the the percentage jump in edgy uh edgy lunchroom and study hall conversations in 04 it was precipitous like there's only there's no there's it was it was steep as hell there's no other way to describe it i remember just like instantly being like oh well this is the this is the soup that we swim in now right like Uh, everybody saw everybody saw like one dead body on the internet and they were like well fuck it i'm gonna be the worst fucking edgelord possible yeah like everybody was canceled in 2004 absolutely alarm going off in my life um, alarm so this it's the steakums alarm yeah we're building that into the episode it's a uh, time to time to uh, make the steakums <laughs> for no reason in particular because it's 11:05 in the morning um no i will uh, i will let you get back to to your day but i i appreciate you jumping on for a little bit and yeah. I'm, I'm sending you guys extreme good good tidings uh I hope that things things get lighter and easier and uh, less sick soon. Um, I appreciate it. Love love you. Love you lots. We'll uh, we'll do this again like ASAP. Cool. Yeah. Love you too. I'd love to hop back on an episode. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll be hitting you up pretty consistently um, now moving forward because even just doing things like this is little sidebars. If you can't like, if you can't line up, if we can't line the schedules up for like the main is, is fun anyway. So. Oh yeah. I, I love to, I just love the show. I love talking about the show. Yeah, for sure. In any context. So <clears throat> peace and love. See you, bub. Bye.